Astros Baseball is brought to you by Ram Shirts. Ram Shirts offers custom printed and embroidered apparel. They offer direct-to-garment printing for small runs and screen printing for larger runs. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Ram Shirts. Go to RamShirts.com for all your custom apparel needs. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan for the fans of the Houston Astros. Here's your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this episode of Astros Baseball. Joining me tonight from Houston Sports Talk, Robert Land. Robert, what's up, buddy? What's going on, man? You and I are getting underway, and you know, you just never know what's going on with this baseball situation. I mean, it it, it changes by the second. So we're talking. Should should, should we timestamp this, Rob? I, I don't know. It's like <laughs> who knows. Well, I'll tell you this. Let's start with this. Major League Baseball gave the Players Union a Tuesday night deadline to accept one of their options in a new proposal that would reinstate the 162-game season with full pay, and it's Tuesday night at 8.39. So by the time people listen to this, we could have a season. We can have an agreement. Rob, if they get this thing done soon, you know, everybody got all mad and angry and frustrated and everything. But if they get this thing done soon and you miss a couple of weeks and maybe they make up those games or whatever, you know, there was a lot of bluster and hot air and all that sort of stuff. But in the end, people will forget about this, you know, in a couple of months. I mean, it's, it's 2022, Rob, we know this it's forgotten. Yeah. I, I believe once the games get started that people will forget about it. And at least a a good thing to me is, you know, my feel from Twitter or people I talk to, no one's really blaming the players. They're really blaming the owners. And you go to the game to watch the players. So that's why I don't think it's going to be too harmful uh, for the sport. The issue with the sport, Rob, is not you know, this stuff like work stoppages that they, they needed to get some stuff right with the game. And, you know, you can say whatever you want to about the stuff that they're nitpicking over uh, between the players and the owners. And I think everybody's on the player side. I mean, I just, that, that's no question. I think it's 99.9% fans, media, everybody's on the player side. And that's usually the case anyways. But the big thing is they're going to have a 20 second clock. Not this year, which I don't understand why they can't get this started this year because it needs to happen as soon as possible because that that's the real game changer, Rob. The game moving more quickly, um, things happening faster, there being more action. And you talk about the other big thing is the change in the shift. If, if we're changing the shift, 
then that totally changes everything about baseball that we've known the last few years, Rob. Think about how much that changes the Astros because the Astros are such the analytics team and, and, and cutting edge and everything. And now you take out one of the things that they tried to make as an advantage over the last few years. Other teams obviously have done it, but you know, I think if, if there's analytic stuff, you, you kind of guess, Rob, that the Astros are the best at this. You know, I mean, haven't they been? Yeah, I mean, they shift more than anybody else, I believe. And then other teams are starting. It kind of felt like, I know they weren't the first ones to do it, but it kind of felt like it was an Astro thing. But I believe it could be a positive thing for baseball because it it would get more defensive activity and more excitement. I mean, there'd be more, you know, no, you know, line drive to Jose Altuve out in right field. You know, it's it, it, there's a lot of hits that would be hits instead of outs. It'd just be more exciting. I, I've always been against banning the shift because I always believe that if you had a plan or a strategy to beat your opponents. We're going to do this to beat them. We're going to stop Joey Gallo. He's he's one of the guys talked about the most. Then we're going to do it, and you should be able to do that. But if the overall goal is to make the game more exciting, to draw more fans in, then I guess it's good with me. It's about more offense. It typically is with a lot of rule changes that – you know, franchises, not franchises, that leagues decide to to make, that the changes they try to make is for more offense. And yeah, I, I, I'm not for it because I think, you know, it, part of the game is you got to figure out once this strategy is done, well, what do I got to do to counteract it? And we kept hoping that we would start turning guys more into Tony Gwynn's and Wade Boggs, the guys that we had fun watching when we were kids, the guys that could go to the other way. Uh, you know, it's been said ad nauseum, but Ted Williams, the greatest hitter maybe that ever lived, figured out a shift and and hit nearly 400 uh, a lot of times and did hit 400 one year, the last guy to do it. And he figured it out and he still hit home runs. I mean, it was Fenway, so there's that, but he still hit home runs with the shift. And so, you know, Rob, I just I don't understand why nothing ever changed with guys trying to hit the other way, because guess what? If you hit the ball the other way and you're hitting 400 or 450 and you're not hitting 40 home runs, but you're getting on base 45 percent or 50 percent of the time, way more than anybody else, you're still going to get paid. Right. Aren't you? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I read some things that some players put. They said, I don't remember who it was, but it was someone in that was really good. And they said, it's hard. You know, people say, oh, we'll just hit and hit and hit away from the shift. And they say it's hard to do because you're, you know, you're already dealing with different kind of pitches. Somebody throwing 99 miles an hour and the pitcher is throwing the ball where it makes it harder for you to hit the other way. So all they leave you with is bunt is uh is bunting. So that's going to make the game more boring. But another thing that they agree to to make the game more exciting and more offense 
is the universal DH and also larger bases. What do you think about those? Yeah, the universal DH, it's long overdue. I, I think there's the old heads, the old guy baseball fan that's mad about the fact that the pitcher hitting is, you know, oh, there's more strategy or whatever, but it's boring. I don't care about the strategy if the strategy is boring and, you know, you got a pitcher that goes up there a lot of time when guys aren't on base and he's an automatic out and you're just waiting for it to be over with and you're waiting for that inning to be over with because you have the eight, nine and one hitter in the National League. So, yeah, I, I don't know if there was much of, you know, a real uh, contingent against that, except, you know, the old guy get off my lawn. Um, but mm -hmm. I, I do, you know, I, I do look at all of this, Rob, as to, you know, how is this going to affect the Astros? And Altuve was not a guy that, uh, if you're talking about the shift affecting anybody, he just goes up there and wherever he puts the ball in play, he puts the ball in play and he, he'll figure out whatever's going on. But you look at somebody like uh, Jordan Alvarez, uh, when this thing does get implemented, and it, I guess it's not going to get implemented for a year, right? Is that right? They're not going to implement any of these new rules for a year, except maybe the universal DH. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. So if, if that's the case, if we eliminate the shift in a year, Jordan's a big factor with the Astros because he gets affected as much as anybody. Because we've seen so many times, Rob, where he hits that ball that's uh, in, in short right field and the guy's, you know, playing way back there. Well, he might still play way back there. He could still play that short right field for him, but it pretty much opens up a lot of other things because they're not going to be able to, you know, I guess move the shortstop over to the second base side. I don't know what exactly the specifics are on this, but, you know, he's somebody that I feel like really gets affected by the DH moving forward of the young Astro players. Kyle Tucker, uh, maybe not so much because he is an all-field guy. And Jordan can hit all fields, but we know he gets those outs that would typically have been singles robbed in the past. You know, those those ones that um, somehow you can't get through the right side because they've got, you know, two guys over there, the second base and the shortstop, and one guy's playing halfway in the outfield. And Jordan's not a fast guy uh, to, to, to do anything about, you know, the, the, the ground ball, the second base, that's the slow roller. Cause he's not maybe going to beat that out. You know, he's not a terrible base runner, but you know, obviously that, 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 that's not something he's going to beat out. But you, to me, he's the one that it's really going to matter. And it's all, also cause he's a young, one of the young Astros players And Bregman, you know, he'll figure out whatever's going on. I feel like, and, and, and I think moving forward, you know, him, Altuve, uh, Kyle Tucker, maybe not so much, but yeah, Jordan, it, it could really affect what, what he's capable of doing as, as an offensive player. I think the shift affects Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez the most on the Astros team. And they were both second team, all major league baseball, and they're just going to get better without the shift. And then, you know, they, they talk about putting the larger bases out there to reduce injury and it could possibly increase steals. Like we have these steal records, you know, Ricky Henderson and, you know, Vince Coleman and all these guys just steal all these bases and like the Cardinals back in the eighties and the, the stolen base is a lost art. Do you yeah. think that's going to 
get some base stealing going or is it is it can't be that much of a difference no i can't imagine an inch or two making much of a difference because the reason they stopped stealing bases wasn't because the bases were small it was because you know <laughs> that it, it just makes no sense rob to steal a base in in the analytic version of, of baseball they don't see that as much of an advantage and i guess you know there's a lot of things that they've done strategy wise with you know, figuring out, you know, how, how we can get catchers to release the ball quicker. There's, there's just stuff over the years that has made it harder and harder for guys to steal bases. And I, I just think, you know, it, it's become not as fashionable. I, the, to me, it, it, the, the bigger bases, it's all about injuries. It's not yeah. going to change much as far as I think offense or stolen base. I mean, I just, I have a hard time, but I'll believe it when I see it, put it that way. Yeah, I, I personally, I believe it's for, you know, collisions. And uh, I think that one season we were playing the Dodgers, maybe, and Manny Machado kept stepping on everybody's ankles because he was angry. But going back just real quick to that, the pitch clock, you know, they did it in low A, and it said it reduced the game by 20 minutes. And what I saw earlier today was a 14-second pitch clock with the base is empty in 19 seconds when there's someone on base. Is that enough time? Oh my God, Rob, do, do you remember what it was like back when we were kids? Steve Carlton, and I, I've mentioned this on my show a couple of times, but if, if people haven't heard, you know, I watched a couple of years ago during the pandemic, the 1980 NLCS between the Astros and the Phillies, Steve Carlton was one of the great power pitchers of all time. You remember Steve Carlton, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he was, you know, we're talking about, you know, top three in strikeouts. You know, it's, it's you know, Nolan at number one, but Steve Carlton's right close behind him. Well, as close as you can get to Nolan's like in a, a whole other thing. But, you know, yeah. Steve Carlton's right up there and 300 wins, not just a Hall of Famer, but one of the best pitchers ever, you know, upper tier Hall of Famer. And in that NLCX against the Astros, I'm like, man, this game is moving fast. And I started noticing and it's like, Steve Carlton just gets the ball and throws. And I started timing it and he's getting rid of the ball in eight seconds. And, hmm. and Rob, eight seconds, that's it. This is a guy that, you know, threw it 95 miles an hour, was a strikeout guy. And you would always hear, well, you know, there's injuries and guys need to, you know, gather themselves so they can throw at 95 miles an hour. And it's going to be harder for them to get guys out because they need more time to rest and recover. And, the, you know, there, there's a, been a million excuses. Steve Carlton, and not just the regular season, I watched him do it in the NLCS and shut down a really good Astros offense. He pitched pretty well in that series. He was a big reason why the Phillies beat the Astros and went to the world series and won the world series. That, that's all I needed to see that. There you go, Rob. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of gotten to be a joke and, and we've talked about this. Anybody that's watched baseball for years, it feels like we've had this conversation of why is this taking so long for 15 or 20 years, but you know, baseball, uh, the, the powers that be lightning quick reaction. Oh yeah. Maybe we need to do something about this 20 years later. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's, you watch the game, and even for me, you know, you watch Jose Altuve, 
you know, the first pitch is thrown, ball outside, he steps out, spits a couple times, adjusts his helmet, fixes his gloves, the, the Velcro on both gloves. He does it in between every pitch. Kyle Tucker, dirt on his hands. Like, everybody's slowing the game down. It's not just the pitcher. Sometimes the, the pitchers are ready, and it's the hitters. And they already tried to, you know, enforce this rule that they couldn't step out of the batter's box. But what kind of penalty is there going to be if you, you know, go over the pitch clock? Is there a certain amount of warnings and the other team gets something or they they throw the pitcher out? I mean, what's the penalty? Oh, the penalty. Oh, no, it's been discussed. I mean, if, if you're the pitcher and you're taking too long, then it's a ball. If you're a hitter and you're not ready, it's a strike. If you're a hitter and you're not ready, my guess is the guy, the umpire just letting you throw and you know, whatever happens, happens. Sorry, buddy. Uh, you weren't there. You were too busy spitting or, you know, if you're Kyle Tucker adjusting your, uh, dirt on the, <laughs> in the batter's box or whatever. But yeah, it, it's, it's frustrating to me as much as I love the Astros. I don't like watching Kyle Tucker reach into the dirt and take 20 seconds rubbing his hands with dirt between every pitch. <laughs> I, I love Jordan, who, as soon as the pitch is thrown, he's just like not moving. He's like, come and get me. I'm waiting for you. And there's something intimidating about that. Think about yeah. it. I mean, with Jordan, especially with his size and everything, but also it's just like, hey, buddy, come on. I'm, I'm ready. You're going to throw me a strike or what's going on here? Jordan Alvarez is like a little leaguer. When you played Little League Baseball and they threw the ball and, you know, let's say it was a ball. You're, you know, you have your elbow up, you're ready to go. It's a ball, so you don't even flinch and you don't move. You stay where you're at and you're waiting for the next pitch. You're not stepping out. You're not walking around. You're not doing anything. And that's what Jordan Alvarez reminds me of. You know, the ball goes past or it's a strike or whatever, and he just loads up. He's ready to go. And I think that's awesome. But let's talk about rules change. I have a quote here from Blake. Is his name Trinan? Is that how you say it? The I guy believe from the so. Dodgers? Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So this is what he said. He said, we have to be careful with the types of rules that we change in this game because there are a lot of purists that are starting to find their way out of baseball. And when you don't have a passionate fan base from the purists who are the most passionate and you don't try to appeal to people and you try to appeal to people who aren't necessarily baseball fans, but you're trying to get more eyes on the game, do you really have a strong fan base? And that's kind of how I've always felt. Like, you're changing a game that I enjoy to get other people to watch it. So you don't have to fix it for me. I'm okay with it. What is the rule, Rob, that the purists are going to hate? Because if we're talking about pitch clock, Oh, I liked it back in the 60s. Well, guess what? They threw the ball. They didn't sit there and wait, waste all this time. If they if they liked it back in the 60s, there wasn't the shifts. What's the rule change that old guy purist is going to get real mad about? Is he going to get mad about the bigger bases? The DH thing, that set sail like 50 years ago. I mean, when the American League incorporated the DH. So I, I don't understand what old guy, and, and old guy also was mm -hmm. like with the DH, either Let's do it one way or the other. You know, old guy still wanted it to be, you know, obviously no DH, but old guy also knows that like, if we're going to do it one, do it a certain way, let's pick away, you know, not have one set of rules for one, one league and one set of rules for the other. 
And really, the, the real problem in that with the, with the DH thing has been the World Series, where, you know, one team is always working against it a little bit once you get to the World Series because, you know, the National League, they don't necessarily have a guy that's ready to go out there and hit every day. They didn't spend money on that type of guy that was uh, just a basically a paid hitter. And the, the and in the and the American League, you know, they don't have pitchers that are used to hitting, and they they lose their guy that they paid to be the DH all year. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, there's no rules here that bother me. I mean, you can make the bases bigger, you can have a DH, you can take away the shift. I I don't really care. I mean, but it's I mean, I'm like for me, it's just like they keep saying, let's speed it up, let's speed it up. And I agree, like what we just said earlier. Like, you don't why do you I mean, why do you need to adjust your gloves? Why do you need to do that every pitch? And you know, the pitchers are taking too long, the hitters are taking too long. So that's something, you know, that other people need to do. How about this, though, Rob, with the clock? This also adds a little fun for the fans, because if a guy is taking a little bit too much time as a pitcher to, you know, throw the baseball, the fans might start going five, four, three, two. You know, you could get the fans a little bit involved in pitch by pitch. And I think that's something that needs to happen, right? That would be fun. If a guy's taking a long time and you're batting, and you know it's going to be a ball. Three. Yeah, I agree. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, from both sides. I mean, not just the pitcher taking too long, but if the the, the hitters, uh, oh, he's you know he's adjusting and he's not ready and whatever, and you start yelling that out, and it can kind of screw with the hitter's head. Maybe maybe it screws with the pitcher if if that guy's one of those ones that takes too long and he he gets a couple calls on that, uh, and and now it's like oh this guy's giving away pitches. Uh oh, you know. So, yeah, there, there's all that. And, and one other thing, Rob, that I'll, I'll just throw out there, and, and it's the thing that probably is as much of a frustrating thing for me as, as far as uh, what's wrong with baseball beyond the time of the game, is that they still don't seem to want fans that are 12 and under, 14 and under, whatever you want to say, they don't want those fans to be able to see the end of the, a game. In fact, you know, a lot of people have to work the next day and they're not seeing the end of, of games, especially in the playoffs. Start the games a little bit sooner. It doesn't kill the fans if they miss the beginning of the game. The best part, Rob, is the end of the game. Nobody's saying, oh, man, I missed that leadoff home run in the World Series but everybody's upset if they fall asleep because it's 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock or 1230 or whatever it is. A lot of times on the East Coast and they're missing the game winning home run or the great comeback or whatever. It's those moments that you tell your, you know, your kids about. Like, I remember when I was a kid watching this and that and the NFL, they start the Super Bowl and it's 520 or 530 in Houston. That means it's 3.30 in the afternoon on the West Coast. It's not much in prime time on the West Coast. The Not much of the game is. And the NFL goes, well, hey, it doesn't matter because everybody sees the end of a Super Bowl. You know, the games end for the Super Bowl at 10, 10.30 Eastern time at the latest. And that's, you know, that, that's something that the NFL does right over and over again. And I
The other thing, if you're an Astros fan, we have so many games that end between midnight and one o'clock because they're playing in the AL West. And I mean, just it, it, it doesn't seem like a big deal for maybe some other fan bases, but for the Astros, for the games to end, I mean, I know it's not that early, but 11 and 12 is a little bit more realistic. It doesn't have much on a weeknight, but yeah, dur- during other times or, you know, if your schedule is, you know, where you can wake up a little bit later, it, it makes it a little bit more possible to catch the end of Astros games. Another thing I read, let's go back to the things that they're talking about uh, with the CBA. They've accepted uniform patches and decals. That's something that I personally don't want to see, you know, the team with a Philip 66 sticker or, I mean, a patch or a McDonald's patch or a, you know, I don't want my baseball team to look like a NASCAR. Well, here's the deal, Rob. This is something that we know was inevitable. And where I feel like baseball can really also speed up the game if they really wanted to. And it, it would basically mean, all right, uh, we got to make a little deal here. So maybe we give up 30 seconds or a minute in commercials between innings, uh, something like that. But as as part of that deal, and I think the fans would understand this, if you said to the fans, look, y- y- the, the game's going to move a lot faster because there's going to be a lot less commercials. But guess what? You know, we're going to have to put something on the uniform. We might have to put the advertiser permanently on the on the corner of the screen or in a frame or something like that, as you see in in soccer. I think fans would be more okay with that. You know, if, if you made some sort of compromise there, but I mean, the, 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 the stuff on the uniform, I mean, that's inevitable. I mean, it's happened in every sport. You know, if you can make a nickel, they want to make yeah. a nickel. We know that was going to happen. I'm, I just, I'm surprised that we just don't see like full, full on baseball fields that have it in the grass, the mm-hmm. beer logo or the, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, it, the stadiums change like yearly now because the the, the advertisers, you know, I, I'm like, oh, oh, what what does what ballpark does San Francisco play? I don't know anymore. They play in the ballpark that San Francisco plays in because I can't keep track of, you know, the stupid name on the stadium. But, you know, it, 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 it all this stuff is inevitable. But if you want to do something for the fans, let's do a little compromise. Add all that crap, add all that stuff that you want. But let's make the game shorter. Let's knock off a minute worth of commercials or 30 seconds worth of commercials between uh, innings. And, and and it makes a whole lot more sense. I mean, I, I don't know how much maybe the pitcher needs to warm up, but we know that they've made between innings longer. So the pitcher doesn't need to warm up that long because we saw pitchers warming up much shorter, you know, 30 and 40 years ago when when there wasn't that many commercials between innings. All right, buddy. Last thing. Also, a part of that deal that they may uh, agree to tonight, Bob Nightingale said they might agree to it. I spoke to Taylor Jones earlier. He said he's expecting to go to camp Friday. You heard here first, folks. <laughs> and uh, But they relented on their 14-team playoff, and I'm happy about that. And they agreed to, to 12. What do you think about that? Well, I, that's one thing that, you know, I understand you're getting more fan bases involved with playoffs, but the thing with baseball, and it's always been discussed, you've got 162 game season. 
And when you water this down and now they might go, well, there's these other fan bases that are more invested in September that wouldn't have been invested. But there, I think there's also going to be fan bases that like once they hit September, they're like, well, we don't care. We don't have to watch the games in September because there's four zillion teams in the playoffs and we got the best record in the American League or the best record in the National League. Or there's no way we're going to be out of this thing because everybody's getting in now. Yeah, Rob, I, I, I think I've said this for several years now. But yeah, you have to get the baseball season to where more fan bases are invested. You have to do it to where not just that they're invested, but you don't devalue the games. I love the split season. I've discussed it on my own show. I just feel like that is the place that you could go with this. And if you split the season, it also does another thing. And, you know, this is something I was just talking about with Sean Bajani. Uh, Sports Radio 610 on my own podcast. But if you split the season, you can incorporate two trade deadlines. And you know what uh, fans love is they love trade talk. And the NBA understands it. And they've made basically a month out of trade talk uh, with uh, not just their trade deadline. Uh, that goes on for probably more than a month. But they've made that whole month of interact of uh, all the stuff that could happen in July as exciting as they possibly can baseball still hasn't figured out that well that part of that's free agency but but the nba the trade talk is going on all the time if you had two different trade deadlines because there's two two halves to the season it makes it way more interesting and it also brings those teams in that you know are just out of it even if you add two or three teams to the playoffs or four or five teams to the playoffs that they're going to be out of it by june well, they've got a whole new season to start off with if you do a split season. And 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 that's really, I thought, the answer. And I thought that was eventually where we were going to get to. But baseball, just for whatever reason, I don't know what the deal is, but it, it, they've never copped to that, even though they do that kind of thing in the minor leagues. Yeah, the th- one thing we're missing now that all of us baseball fans like is the offseason signings, the free agents. Like we're missing that, and that's something that'll get rolling if they can agree to this either tonight or tomorrow. Um, they did say the deadline could be extended a day if significant progress is made Tuesday night. So maybe if it's not tonight, maybe it's tomorrow. That would be Wednesday. So maybe, folks, Thursday morning, you can smile and be happy that baseball will be back. And that's all I have today, buddy. Yeah, you talk about free agency and, and deals and all that stuff, Rob. It's not something that I'm looking. That's the part that I'm not looking forward to about this being over with because I, I just don't see Carlos Correa signed. And I don't know if the Astros really go out and add much if Correa is not. I don't think the Astros have a lot of plus moves. The only thing that's going to happen is a big negative move for the franchise and for, you know, all of the fun that we've had over the last few years of watching this guy play. And, you know, that's one thing we didn't talk about with the shift is I think somebody like, you know, an incredible defensive player like Carlos Correa, even more valuable without, with, with, without the shift. I mean, I think his value even goes up because uh, his range and his ability to, maybe cut off stuff that's on the other side of the second base bag is kind of a big deal when you take away the shift. Yeah, we're definitely going to miss 
Carlos Correa out there on the field if the Astros don't sign him, and I really don't think they will. Um, out there with Jose Altuve. I mean, we missed George Springer, but, you know, he was my favorite player, and I survived. You know, the Astros were still good, so hope I, I know we'll still be good. We're still going to be predicted to win the AL West, but it, it is going to be pretty hard seeing Carlos Correa with another uniform, and I know we'll all miss him. Hard to replace. Yeah. Hard to replace. All-time Astro. I mean, I, it, it's a... It's a list that's going to have Carlos Correa in the top five, in, in my opinion, watching the Astros all these years. You know, Correa, Altuve, Biggio, Bagwell, uh, he's in that group for sure, wouldn't you say? Yeah. I, I agree with that. So anyway, that's all we have tonight, folks. Robert Land, Houston Sports Talk. It's the best. Houston Sports Talk podcast, right? It's the best, brother. I mean, the most <laughs> comprehensive. There's your Astros podcast out there. There's your Rockets podcast. There's your Texans podcast. But if you want it all in one big package, you know, come come listen to us. And um, by the way, a, 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 couple, a couple of weeks ago, I had Jonathan Sprinkle on, an Astros minor league prospect. And you you want to hear what he has to say because he experienced several of the rule changes in the minor leagues that they were experimenting with in a, in a recent podcast that we had. And he also talked a little bit about Corey Lee. And if you want to find out what he thought about Corey Lee, I think you're going to want to hear about what he thought about Corey Lee because he got to play with him. He's buddies with them. Also, we talked about J.C. Correa. He's friends with him. Uh, that's another guy that, you know, you're going to want to keep an eye on in the minor leagues this year. So, yeah, go go check that out for sure. I'll listen to it in the morning on the way to work, buddy. I promise you. Great catching up with you, Rob. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Robert, thanks for coming on. Always a great conversation with you. And we'll see you next time on Astros Baseball, folks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Be sure to subscribe to be alerted when there's a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.